Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Side Effect, a show that deals with hot topics from all directions. And now, introducing the funny, the talented, the charismatic, the captivating, the woman who tells it like it is, your host, I am Side. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Psy Effect Radio Show. I'm your host, Psy. And do you hear that funky bass line in the background? Yeah, man. Can y'all smell that funk? That is chic. And the name of that song is Everybody Dance. And I remember hearing this song when I was a little kid. And I used to go to the skating ring. And I used to try to skate, but I used to always end up on the ground. <laughs> I always wanted to dance like the older people be getting their groove on and bounce on and everything when this song will play, but not me. Nah, I was kissing the floor, literally. But today on the Side Effect Radio Show, I have Grammy-winning producer Focus. And his father is the actual person that's playing that bass in this song that you heard in the beginning. Focus, man, he has produced some of the hottest artists out that you probably love right now. Marsha Ambrose, The Game, Beyonce, Destiny Child, One Twelve, Jennifer Lopez, Petey Pablo, Faith Evans, Truth Hurt, Usher, Mary Mary, NSYNC, Dr. Dre, Candy, E. Man, I need some water after naming all those people. Kool-Aid, water, something. We'll be right back with the Grammy-winning producer, Focus, after this quick break. Attention all artists. Would you like your music to be heard by thousands, possibly millions of listeners all around the world? You can be featured on the SciEffect Radio Show. Simply email your bio and music to thescieffect at gmail.com for consideration. Tune in to the Psy Effect Radio Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your hot topics, hot interviews, and hot music. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Psy Effect Radio Show. See you there. Hello and welcome back to the Side Effect Radio Show. And before we speak to producer Focus, I want to share with you one of his tracks called Clouds, featuring Jay Pender and rapper Big Pooh. Check it out. Close to a parody. If you're listening, then I know you're close to insanity. You'll dig it, I promise you. 
just ask the woman that married me I am fully focused, I'm seeing everything clearly Treat the track like Kunta and master whipping it merrily Maniacal laugh, I follow the path steadily Trying to be what you'll never be So now you're asking me when, and then you're asking me how And I'm showing you the truth, I'm telling you now Posted up on the roof, reaching up to the clouds Reaching out for the clouds, reaching up for the clouds Never stretch harder, oughta be automatic Out of all the people here, it is me trying to grab it And I see better way in the seat They tendencies are to trust, but honestly love the remedy for enemies I can send my energy, synergy to infinity Heat is not from around here, so I pretend to be no goody Blending, defending my acts and opinions Asking these questions for knowledge that put racks in my denim Faster my fitting, more fascinating Faster I get it, fashion and women dreams I stretch them like a gymnast I'm reaching for the clouds, they reaching for my style they wondering how it ends I can just tell you now I just can't tell you who When it comes to the trial When it comes to the end Hope I end with a smile I'm reaching for the clouds Reaching out 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 for the clouds Yeah the golden carrot I'd rather be alone and play parrot You hear it, you fear it I'd rather go the other way I'm calling the audible audio This another play in the gym all night Homie working on his J What else can I say? Plenty more I'm open 24 with 16 That's 40, you keep a score Sanity over vanity Myself is more I'm ball like Kane And sugar not Jane Proceed to be plain What you learn about perception The mind play tricks Mental deception Me, I'm an exception to the rule I jump into the pool Feet first So I can notice all the thirst Cause people wanna part When you cool Then they part When you cool Never show your hand Lost 21 Play the fool And when they ask why I'm supplying them the answer What do doctors choose When they trying to fight cancer This is chemo He go with far Just feet take him And when you get him down Time to break him I never shake him I got him Provide him proper motivation It's only my shadow That I'm chasing I'm reaching for the clouds Reaching out 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 for the That track definitely had me on some clouds. I thought I was on a cloud for a moment and had a contact high. Please welcome the Grammy Award winning producer, Focus, to the Side Effect Radio Show. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, Mr. Grammy winner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Um, thank you for the, uh, I'm bowing in here, I'm bowing right now, yeah. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Now, where did the name Focus come from? Is that pretty self-explanatory? Uh, it really is, but um, the the beginnings of it were, you know, from my father, you know, telling me that uh, if I really wanted to do music, that I needed to focus on my schoolwork and focus on the things that were, you know, important at the time. And he kept using the word focus. So uh, just one day it stuck, and, uh, you know, I got confirmation from my boys. They were like, you know, it's, it's a dope name, so I ran with it. When did you discover your love for creating music? Oh, since I was little. I mean, I was pretty much born into it. But, um, yeah, like, I I was telling my teachers ever since second grade that I was going to be a music producer because uh, I wanted wow. to be just like my father. So it it was pretty much uh, innate, you know. It was it was, it was mm-hmm. nothing else to, uh, 
that I loved more than music. Now, your father was a famous musician himself. Um, my father was the bass player from Chic, uh, Bernard mm. Edwards. Yeah, so he did songs like Good Times, La Freak, I Want Your Love. His list goes on and on. So. Wow. What was it like growing up in that household? Honestly, it was very normal. My mother my mother loved to sing, and, you know, we all were pretty much hams in front of the camera, so we all loved to perform and, and do our little talent shows and put on our shows for our, our guests in the household and our family. It was pretty much normal, to be honest. Okay. My dad didn't really bring the music around us. Do you remember the very first track you produced that was played on the radio? The very first one that I heard on the radio that I produced was not even signed to anything. It was with a group called the Lunatics. Big shout-out to my uh, my brother, Ty. Um, when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was working with his group, and we got on the radio, uh, KJLH in Los Angeles, um, and we, we got on the radio, you know, just winning this little rap contest that they were doing. And uh, it was really funny because, you know, the people were loving the music that we were doing. To hear something that you created, whether it was in your bedroom, studio, or whatever, how did you feel to know that there were thousands, possibly millions of people listening to your music? And, and <laughs> probably, uh, you know, no, because it, it wasn't even available. That's what I'm saying. So it wasn't really oh, okay. on a mass. It wasn't a mass market <laughs> way that we were being heard. We were just winning this this contest that they were doing. And the funny thing about it is, we felt like we made it. Like it was, right. You couldn't tell us nothing, you know, and yeah. every time we would do a record, you know, we were getting such mass support from Los Angeles that we were like, oh, this is it. We made it. And um, it was it was the greatest feeling in the world. Like, honestly, I knew that that's, I just had to keep going, you know. Right. You are a, um in-house producer for Aftermath, Dr. Dre's and Aftermath, for seven years. Right. Um, before we go into that, how did you connect with Dr. Dre? I was working with Jason Weaver. Uh, his mm-hmm. company at the time was called Boob Tube. We were in uh, our embryo stages as a company. And um, we had an artist that we were developing. His name was Dat. And uh, so we started building his project, and it was, you know, pretty much all my production and and him, he was a rapper, and the people that were representing that brought us over to Dre. So when Dre heard our chemistry, he liked what we were doing, and that's how uh, we pretty much ended up on Dre's lap. And then we ended up on the the Wash soundtrack at the time because that's what he was working on. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he he liked the work ethic, and he and he said if I was down to work, that uh, there was a place for me to work. So that's how it really got started. Wow! And how was it working with that? Uh, it was honestly the best best time of my career. Um, you know, Dre is somebody that I look up to. Uh, he's a perfectionist. Uh, he actually takes perfectionists to a whole nother level. Yeah, and he and he's able to get intricate with his uh, perfectionist attitude. Uh, he pays attention to details beyond details, and it could be something as little as uh, an effect swooping from right to left. If it's not the way he wants it, then that track won't see the light of day until it's right. And wow. he taught me how to pay attention to certain details and certain mm-hmm. textures and music that will set ours apart from everyone else. Who are some of the um, artists that you've worked with thus far? I've had the pleasure of working with Beyonce on her first solo album. I worked with J-Lo uh, on the This Is Me Then album. I think that was either her second or third album. I've had the pleasure of working with NSYNC, Usher, um, Destiny Child when they were together, uh, Faith Evans, Christina Mil- Milian, Christina Aguilera. I got to be... Uh, musical MD and a production assistant on Brandy's Never Say Never Tour. Nice. Um, yeah, I've, I've had I've had a good 
a good run. Like it's it's really awesome. And I won a Grammy with Mala Rodriguez, a Latin uh, rapper. And uh, as you know, I, wow, that's a Latin yeah, the rapper. Biggest part. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You, I, I read that you're not really a huge fan of sampling. Why is that? Um, it's funny because everybody tries to put me in that category. I used to sample a lot, and mm. yeah, when I was when I first started making beats, I thought that that's what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to sample a lot, and then you know the people were were digging the beats, but then when we would try to get the samples cleared, it was a lot of problems. Yeah. So in, instead of me just running down these samples or whatever, I'll take little sample bits that I don't really have to clear a note here, a note there, or a texture from a record that is not a noticeable texture, and mm-hmm. I'll build on it with uh, live instrumentation. And it's just it's better to keep the publishing and it's better to keep the overhead low because when you try to clear some of these things, um, these people are really trying to go for the neck, go for the juggler, yeah. and they want, you know, 100K for the use of their music. So, And I understand it, you know, more power to mm-hmm. them, but I'm just not going to be the one. We don't know exactly. if this is going to even sail. Right. We're, we don't even know if it's going on the album yet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Now, what advice would you give to future producers wanting to work in the music biz? You know, I see on Twitter, you know, people, they're really on their grind, you know, hollering at people that they want to work with. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes that can be a nuisance to a lot of artists. They need to be persistent. I mean, I know that it is. It could be a nuisance, but why would a Rick Ross or a Busta Rhymes or anybody of that caliber be on Twitter and not expect people to turn around and try to solicit themselves to them. It's a free gateway, and that's what we're supposed to do. I'm still in the trenches with these producers, you know what I'm saying? So the more Mm -hmm. persistent they are, the more it motivates me to be on my grind because if I can't fill the spot, you know, I know they will. So it just gets, it puts me on my grind as well. So they need yeah. to stay persistent. And I think that these producers also need to find their own sound. Stop mocking what they hear on the radio. Stop mocking a Lex Luger. Stop, stop mocking, a, 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 you know, all these new producers that are already out here staking their claim with their sound and just mm-hmm. do new things, try new textures. And, and, you know, this is something that I say all the time. And these producers are they're playing the safety net. They listen to the radio and they mock what they hear. Right. So, they just right. need to be creative and persistent. And I completely agree with you because I have an indie artist in on the show where I do every week, and I get a lot of artists sending me their stuff, and I'm like, did they have the same producer producing this? Because all twenty of you guys are out exactly. And that's something, and that's something. And I think that right now the industry has made an outline for what a commercial record is, Mm -hmm. and they don't even understand the terminology that they're using and giving these kids, so it's messing up what used to be an up-tempo, what used to be a mid-tempo, what used to be uh, a ballad, what used to be, like, you can't even use those terms anymore because when they ask for up-tempo, all you have to do is make sure that it's a double-time bounce. If mm-hmm. any kid from the South can bounce to it, that's an up-tempo record. That makes right. no sense to me if the tempo is still a slow tempo, you know. Right. So, But it's unfortunate, like, now the new outline of what a commercial record is is the same 808 with the with the Euro pop sound over it. You know, they're mm-hmm. even incorporating the dub textures to it, which is cool. I love the way it sounds, but everybody's doing it. Yeah. So, you know, people have to get off the beaten path. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Now, going back to Aftermath, you were with them for seven years. Was it difficult for you to leave? It was difficult to leave because it 
Dre made it very easy to be me. And when I say that, I mean, you know, he rented a studio and let me work in there for two and a half years straight. I have, you know, one of my my uh, great friends in the industry and one of the best engineers, I believe, hands down in the industry, Oscar Ramirez. Um, you know, he's been working with me for pretty much my, uh, my longest stint at Aftermath. He was with me for over four or five years, and we worked straight together and that was my cohort you know and as well as my brother so me my brother and and Oscar were in the studio from day in day out every day I didn't have to call in and book time or whatever it was my studio and so I missed that I missed you know going to the studio and I missed you know I could call Buster over I could call Bishop over I could sit down with you know, Marsha Ambrose's for six months. I could have Chino in there, Chino XL, or whoever I wanted. Like, I could just go into different realms of who I was. And Dre never turned around and gated me. He never told me I couldn't, you know. So I do miss that. It was hard to leave, but it was one of those things that we weren't putting out enough music. And instead of them, because for some reason I kept getting the blame. The company was telling me they... Yeah, they were telling me they weren't using enough of my music and they didn't understand why they were paying me when we didn't have any artists. We didn't have anybody to focus on, so I was just making beats and Dre kept pushing off detox and everybody was just getting frustrated. And instead of sitting and simmering under one roof, it just made more sense to be like, you know what, Dre, you taught me a lot, I appreciate you, and it's time for me to show you what I can do on my Mm -hmm. own. So that that was that time. It was one of those, those moments. Now that you have moved on, what are some things that you're working on now? Well, right now I'm just really trying to build my own brand. Um, I'm no longer AFAM Entertainment. That used to be the label that I wanted to do. And I had a, a plethora of artists. Um, I, I had what I thought was an untouchable roster. I still believe in all of them, but it just didn't work out. And instead of me, like, again, instead of me keeping it and simmering it under one roof and everybody getting upset with me, I let everybody go. Um, because I just wasn't able to bring them where they belonged. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to take that, you know, that, that L for them, but that's the only L that I would take. Um, but I, I was willing to take that for them and, and give them back their, their contracts and let them go on their way. And now I'm just branding myself under uh, the moniker, the cosign, uh, me and my brother, and we're, we're really trying to build a a company along with Mike Parker, um Wildfire, the producer, uh, mm-hmm. he's another Grammy-nominated producer and an amazing talent, and um, and Greg Myers, and we're really trying to, to build a, a a company where we can bring artists in, develop them, and then spit them out to our uh, to various labels. We're not a label, we're not a production mm-hmm. company. We just want to be a developmental company where we bring these mm-hmm. artists in and put them through the boot camp and try to mass-produce stars instead of mass-producing these seasonal artists. So that's what we're working on right now. That's a great idea. We need a lot of artist development for a lot of artists. I think that will create a longevity for them if they were developed properly. And you are 100% right. Think about the rigorous schedules that the the people of of Motown days used to have. Mm -hmm. Think of the rigorous schedules that, you know, even back in the day, and and, and it's hard for me to bring up an MC Hammer when you're talking to these new artists, but Hammer didn't, he didn't just go out on stage and have 30 people dancing around. They had a rigorous um, uh, um, schedule. They had practices. They had Mm -hmm. fitness. You know, they had uh, nutritionists. So these are things that, this is how you start to build 
these artists of tomorrow, you know, where Michael Jackson can sit out for a year and a half and come back and still hit like he never left, uh, where an usher can sit out for a couple of years and come back like he never left. The only reason why they can do that is because they're true stars. You want to hear what they're going to do next. I don't want to hear these cookie-cutter artists, you know, come back out with the same material that they come back out with every year. I don't. Right. You know, so I'm really trying to uh, make viable artists, and they don't need a cosign of a of a already sticked and claimed artist that's in the industry. We're teaching mm-hmm. them how to be their own cosign. Nice. What are some artists that you would like to work with in the future? You put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, honestly, I'm... I'm still an old school, old fashioned kind of guy. I want to work with people that are uh, amazing at their craft. Um, I'm a big fan of of Kim Burrell's voice. I would love to get in the studio with her and just listen to her. If, if that was allowed, I, I might not be able to work with her, but I would love to listen to her. Um, one of my biggest mentors is Prince. Um, I would love to be in the studio with him. Um, I would, yeah, I would love to be in the studio with D'Angelo. You know, I would love to be in the studio with Brandy. You know, these are people that. I look up to, to this day, uh, Rafael Sadiq. I'm hoping that I can work with him either later on this year or next year. These are people that, yeah, when you get in the studio with them, they bring something out of you that you don't even know that you have, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're willing to push yourself. And so that's that's really where I want to go. I enjoy having the camaraderie of people like Abusta Rhymes and and so on and so forth, but... um, it's like right now I want to push myself to, to levels that I've never pushed myself before, and I know that these are people that I've looked up to all of my life and would love to uh, to change, you know, the world with, with them yeah. if I could. And we're going to put that in the universe. I believe when you put it in the universe, it, it will happen. So, bam, that's why I said it. Yep, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> let's get in some juicy stuff. Let's get, let, let us, tell us something Uh-oh. about focus. <laughs> tell us something funny about focus that no one knows something funny about focus that no one knows i am i don't know if it's funny but i have this phobia i don't like to be around a lot of people and it's that's the reason why my career probably is the way it is because i'm i don't like to be in front of the camera Mm -hmm. i don't like to be around a lot of people uh i feel when i walk into a room i'm being judged automatically because I'm I'm not the vision of what a producer should be. I'm not walking in the door throwing money up in the air with a bunch of ice and shades on at nighttime, you know. Right. Um, and I tried it. I tried it. Trust me. There 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 are pictures in the internet of me doing all of that stuff except for the floor, throwing the money in the air, and it just didn't work for me. Right. So you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of being around a lot of people. So I'm I'm kind of an introvert, and uh. I feel like a weirdo, you know, a lot of times when I go out in public, so I don't go out in public. <laughs> wow. You feel yeah. like the odd person now. <laughs> always, always. Like, and a lot of the times that I talk to some of the, you know, the, the people in the industry, I go hang out with my peers. Um, when they find out who I am, the respect level that we have is always mutual, mm-hmm. but they just never knew who I was. So I start to get comfortable hanging around them, but it's funny because I'll sit there and talk to people, and they have no idea who I am. (laughs) 
no idea who I am. I'm like, yeah, I'm focused. I, but That's hilarious. Like, yeah, it really is funny. You're kind of low-key and you're yeah. humble. You don't make a whole lot of noise. I can definitely see how that happens. Yeah, and, and that's what we're supposed to be. Uh, it's a gift from God. I appreciate mm-hmm. you even, um, you know, saying that because it, it's all a gift from God. And if God decides to take this away, then I've had a good run, and I appreciate him giving me that chance. I have to wow. remain humble. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes yeah. down to it, I will never say that I'm bigger than anybody. I'm not better than anybody. I just love what I do, and I have the honor and privilege and pleasure to do it as a living. So. Ooh, that's a mouthful right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years, I feel like I'll be sitting someplace, uh, according to my wife, by some water or a beach with my mm-hmm. grandchildren on my knee. And I just Aww. really, I'd, I'm one of those cats that I love my family. I just want to yeah. be surrounded by my family. Um, I'm really heavy into my spirituality right now. So I've been, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know my, my God and, and getting to know myself spiritually. And so right now I'm not really looking to be that legendary producer like I used to say back in the day. I don't want to be a legend. I just want to be able to still make music that people love and put it out there in the world and it be accepted. But you know, first and foremost, I'm going to serve my God, and I'm going to slay for my family, you know, and love my family with all my heart. That's a beautiful vision, Focus. Beautiful. I want to thank you so much for taking a moment to come on the side effect and um, talk with me. I do appreciate you. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate you, and if you don't mind, I'd like to give a big shout-out to Miss Slim for uh, connecting us because it, she's been putting me everywhere, so I, I appreciate her absolutely. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for having me, though. It was an honor. You're welcome. Now, before I let you go, how can everyone connect with you in Tribal World? Oh, okay. Um, the only social media that I'm on, like I said, I'm an introvert, so if you want to mm-hmm. hit me, you can hit me on Twitter at dot E-F-F-T-R-I-P-L-E-D-O-T, or you can go to my website, www.therealfocus.com, and most of my music is up on my band camp which is www.focus.bandcamp.com. So either way, you can can find a way to reach me there, and I do hit people back. You do respond. You don't just sit there and read and be like, okay, thank you, and you respond. I actually respond, and and if they have something worth saying and worth following, I follow back. Thank you so much, and you're welcome anytime back on the side effect, any projects you're working on in the future. Don't forget about your girl and come back, okay? Most definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, the Psy Effect fan page. Also, I am Psy on Twitter. So tune in next time on the Psy Effect.